Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage, on 620 CKRM. Here's Barney Shankaruk. It is the Sports Cage on this Tuesday. Welcome, everybody. It's for Saskatchewan Lotteries. Bringing communities together, Sask Lottery products fund over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups across Saskatchewan. Hope you're having a great day out there in Radioland across Saskatchewan. Barney, we're going to be joined. We're going to have a few guests come in studio today or co-host semantics call them what you want but he's back riding shotgun here in his milwaukee bucks parka <laughs> zinger is back in the house few days off zinger how's it going i'm doing good my friend good i'm doing quite good did you, did you gain an <laughs> accent somewhere over the last few days been, been through a bit of a rough patch last couple days but i'm here and uh might might sound a bit under the weather but that's the way she goes. Yeah, he's you got to show up and do the job. A little bit stuffed up, right? You got to battle through, isn't yeah. that what they say? Just yeah, like, gl- glad to be back, though, man. It seems like it's been quite a while. It's only been since I think Tuesday last week, or exactly a week. Yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, definitely not being cheesy, but we missed you. And then we yeah. had some people on the Capital Ford Lincoln text line over the last uh, later last week, and then yesterday. When's Zinger back? Where's Zinger? Yeah, I'm like, well. You know, and then so the the big question with you, I think a lot of people are going to want to want to know over the last week, what's the McRib count at? Uh, McRib count is at five, and that's the last one I had. Barney was absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Like, you know, I'm not into pink meat, so that does that. Uh, it was pink. Especially- the last McRib I had was pink. They didn't even cook the thing. They slapped it on a bun and they gave it to me. So especially I'm if it's not chicken yeah. you don't want pink chicken then then we got some definite problems no but uh, you were cruising up to saskatoon mm-hmm. and uh, we can keep the food chat going just like last week we were i was wondering did did, did you stop in davidson and uh, have teen burger or anything like that AW? oh yeah it's a staple ever since the road trip hockey days minor hockey growing up you always have to stop in A&W to get something what i got i got a papa burger with cheese and onion ring and a root beer, although I can't do too much root beer because it hurts my tummy. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the onion rings, too. You have to get onion rings road trip not in your vehicle mm-hmm. because there's, they fall apart. Yeah, everywhere. that's true. Then it's a mess, and the last thing you want to do is throw them in the back seat for the kids. Onion rings, it's like, no, uh, onion rings are off today. The other thing about A&W, and do you remember, and I don't know if they still do it. I'd like to know. Again, nine three six sixty two sixty two. The animal burger. They used to be popular for the oh. five patties, but you used to have to ask for it. Yeah, I don't know if they do that anymore. I do remember that though. Hey, I do. 
also miss the days where Davidson just had the A&W and there was just nothing else around it. Like, it was just the A&W. You remember those days? Like, I'm talking like 2002-ish. No shelter belt. Just the wind howling. Just no other options. That was like the the best era because you knew if you wanted to eat something, it had to be a papa or or a mama. Northwest wind coming in. A piece of cardboard hits you that started in Waka. It's been blowing around all day. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, we, we got to look into that that animal burger thing. All right, coming up in the sports cage today. If you like any of these things, definitely tune in. Junior A, SJHL, hockey, or just Division One college hockey in general. Jason Herter, coach of Western Michigan University, he's going to come on and talk about scouting in the SJHL, what they're looking for. He's going to talk about the BCJHL and what they've done, and now there's Alberta teams moving over there. Then the big rumor that's going down is CHL, major junior players, could be allowed to play NCAA Division One hockey as early as of this summer. And... I really, I was wanting to ask this question to someone for so long that knew. I asked about the transfer portal when it comes to hockey and other sports, and I asked him about name, image, likeness. Yeah, that's something that you don't hear much uh-huh. about when it comes to hockey. Yeah, so Jason yeah. Herter. Te- te- tease you a little bit, too. You're going to have to tune in. Hey, so Jason Herter, also 1989 first-round pick of the Vancouver Canucks, and I was watching a video today. You can actually check it out at SportsCage on our Twitter. Mm -hmm. Posted a video of Pat Quinn making the selection, Mm -hmm. Jason Herter, he's making his way up to the stage with a nice free-flowing mullet, and it just (laughs) looks so minty, so make sure to check that out at SportsCage, and the video is also in French. It was from the RDS. Yeah. So you got to you got to give uh, the props to them. I couldn't find the English version, so we'll just have to deal with it, huh? I miss the days <laughs> of of you know, Look no thing. You guys probably see it across the board oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. He looks he looks styling. Look d- definitely getting ready. He's from Hafford, Saskatchewan. Yeah. So he's probably getting ready to go to the Texas Tea in Saskatoon. Uh RDS do you, you see, you're probably too young. Back in the day before NHL center ice package and before we had these streams, you could watch all the hockey games. The odd night, and my dad, he would watch a uh, Habs game oh, yeah. in French. Yep. And <laughs> I grew up on that. It was either Channel 3, you watched the Habs, or Channel 4, you watched the Leafs. Channel 3 was RDS. Yeah. That's what we lived off of. But back, you know, like 19, let's say 88, 89, wherever you want to go, you could watch two games in one night. Like you were from another planet. No, that, no. Even if it was in French, who cares? All right. So we have Jason Herter coming up. We're going to talk NCAA hockey and all that stuff we just mentioned about. Um, Swift Current Bronco Insider. I'm going to call him Insider. He's a counselor in town. He's worked in Swift Current his whole life, worked in radio. Ryan Switzer are going to join us. We're going to talk about the Swift Current Broncos. What's going on there? They're all those trades. They're playing well. Obviously, the community's really behind them, and the community really needs to get behind them. So Swift Current Bronco talk with Ryan Switzer. Senior hockey or First Nation hockey fans, we talk to... The managers of the Round Lake Bears, playing from the Ochapways First Nation, playing all the First Nation tournaments this year, 
they are going provincial a senior first game coming up saturday in milestone we're going to talk to winston and thomas pratt jr from the round lake bears arash madani stops in for a bit he's in las vegas at the super bowl glenn Suter after 5 30 as well and yeah we're going to run down everything you need to know sports gambling big topic for it we got we got ben whiting I might, have, I might have forgot about this one. Ben Whitey is going to join us. We're going to talk some of the prop bets yeah. that can go on. You can always join in on the Capital Ford text line, 936-6262. All of our guests join us on the Western Pizza Hotline. If you want toppings on a pizza pie, Western Pizza. If you want a nice lasagna, Western Pizza. If you want a, a nice Greek rib, Greek souvlaki, and salads. I'm trying to cut out a little bit of the carbs here for the next couple of weeks before we head down to Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ah, man, that Greek salad, could I could go every other day. Hey, what? I've already placed my pre-order for Super Bowl Sunday. You can oh. do that online. Oh. I'm getting a pizza pie from Western Pizza. I can't. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but it's a lot of food. I can tell you that much. That is a veteran yeah, move. big time. Pre-ordering for Super Bowl Sunday. Very smart movie. Yeah, I call any other Western pizzas. They'll get you hooked up. So a full show. Lots to get to. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is the sports cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on this Tuesday. On the home of sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the sports cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. I was trying to figure, I thought that was, a, for a second there, I thought that was an Aqua song playing back there. I thought you were really testing me. I love that game, by the way. Guess the song game. But I go with artists, not the name of the song. It's the Sports Cage. Barney Schenker, Akir Zinger, going to be joined, hopefully, in a little bit by a couple of other fellers. Western Hockey League, this evening. This guy's playing can you, uh, loud uh, music. I, I was just going to say, if our listeners can hear that in the background. It's, we have it's a guy Eminem. With a- <laughs> I can tell you that that it's Eminem, and it's uh, not the children-friendly version. But anyway, Western Hockey League tonight: Regina Pats in Medicine Hat, seven points back of a playoff spot, nineteen games remaining in their season in Med Hat. That game on the mighty CKRM right here, Dante. And the crews start firing at 7.30. Medicine Hat, no... Medicine Hat had the Pats number here recently. So did you uh, did you catch any of the show yesterday when we talked about uh, the Pats, Zinger? I caught a bit of it, but I was uh, in the middle of uh, on my excursion home from my latest uh, yeah. installment of treatments. But uh, from what I heard, it was a great show. I heard the, the conversation you had with... Uh, uh, with the Saskatoon Blade legend, that was awesome. Frankie to, That was awesome to hear yesterday. So, so the Pats tonight in Med Hat, right? Medicine Hat Tigers sitting third in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but they are tied with the Moose Jaw Warriors, sixty-two points. They're jostling or jockeying, call it what you want, for that second seed. Red Deer right there with sixty-one points. So. The Tigers, and again, lots of hockey left. They need this one as well. Elsewhere in the WHL this evening, Edmonton is in Moose Jaw tonight to take on the Warriors. Edmonton, they're in the basement. They're in rebuild mode. 
Lethbridge is up in Saskatoon to take on the Blades. 7 p.m. puck drop. A yeah, big night in Saskatchewan, huh? And Red Deer is in Swifty in Swift. So when we talk to Ryan Schweitzer coming up here in a bit, we'll talk about that game. You know, like it's Red a, Deer Swift it's a could, big game be, too. could be a first round matchup. Yeah. Like if, they, if the playoffs started today, Swift and Red Deer would play in the first round. Red Deer's coming off the long road trip. They did have a day off. They played the Pats on Sunday. And that's what I was, that's what I was getting to the game on Sunday. The Pats where they battled back mm-hmm. in that game. Then they take the lead. Red Deer scores late and then uh, goes into over nothing in overtime. And then the Pats win in a shootout. So Pats you know, need to start scooping some points, man. Like they're seven points back for a playoff spot right now. The Calgary has they, it locked down right now. 49 points. Regina, yeah. I think, has 42. So, well, right. th- this is big. Going, this is a big one. Prince Albert, right? Prince right Albert. Behind, yep. Right behind Calgary. So, uh, elsewhere, hockey of the ice variety in the SJHL, Flin Flon in Melville tonight, Melfort at Weyburn, and Yorkton at the Battlefords. That's your SJHL rundown. Prairie Junior Hockey League in Regina at the Al Ritchie Arena. You know what I found out about Al Ritchie? What's that? I I did play-by-play for my daughter's U11 team the other day. I was voluntold that I had to do the play-by-play. All right, whatever. Great color man in uh Kenny Gaudette came and helped me. He's one of the head of officials in for Hockey Saskatchewan. So I started I'm like, okay, well, we're doing this game at the we're doing the game at the Al Ritchie. I need to find out more about you know who this guy was. Man, that guy, absolutely sorry, Regina fans that are up on your history. I had no idea. Guy was a legend. He was the only person ever to be the general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Regina Pats. Are you looking it up on Wikipedia? Yeah, I'm right just now? looking at his name right now, Canadian Football Hall of Famer. Like this is a name that I feel like we've been around the El Ritchie Arena for so long. Whenever you see the name, you just kind of glance over and think, oh, yeah, it's just another name. No, it's not another name. This guy's an absolute legend, like you're saying, and he has a nice-looking suit on in this picture, a top hat. Yeah. I think he was World War One veteran, World War, is that, as, as, as you read here. But I thought the just how in tune he was to sport in Regina to be the general manager of the Riders and the Pats was something else. Yeah, he was a coach for the Pats too and yeah, World War World War 1. I. I mean, <laughs> this guy has a pretty sweet resume, man. He's seen some stuff. Yeah. Or he well, did see some stuff yeah. back in the day. So yeah, at the Al Ritchie this evening, the Regina Silver, it's an all Regina battle. Regina Silver Foxes and the Extreme Hockey Capitals, Donnie Arends boys. That game goes 745. They always have the 745 puck drops in the Prairie Junior Hockey League. Hopefully the concessionals will be open at the Al Ritchie because it's a classic. Al Ritchie was back with the Rough Riders when they were the Regina Rough Riders. That's how much of a legend the dude is. Before the transition to Saskatchewan. Long, long time ago. NHL hockey tonight. So yesterday we talked to Braden McNabb. He was on the program. The Las Vegas Golden Knights. This is a big one. <laughs> it is, yeah. isn't it, right? They entertain the Edmonton Oilers. I think, I think the streak ends, man. I, I got a feeling in the air. I could be wrong, but Why, see, but the, the the only thing the Golden Knights still have quite a few injuries, right? Yeah. Like they they got guys on the shelf. Braden mentioned that yesterday, but 
Yeah, no, it's uh, and and he said no, they're they're going to get a little more up for the game because they know that these guys are trying to tie the ninety two ninety three Pittsburgh Penguins for most wins in a row in NHL history. I was trying to I was trying to think who was on that ninety two ninety three Penguins team. Like, you know, I think it would have been obviously Mario. And Yager, and so 92-93 was at Francis and Tockett and Stevens and Recky. Yeah, that would have been uh, Larry Murphy. Larry, Larry Murphy. Murphy. I got the roster right here. How about that? Rick Tockett, Ron Francis, Yarmer Yeager. Yeah. Legend team there. Was, was, was Mario playing? Uh, was, those are the years that he took off. I think I think he was off. Yeah, see, and they still rattled off. 17 in a row. But that game goes tonight. There's a lot of games in the NHL. Zinger is going to touch on all of them when the sports ticker comes up. But for gambling purposes... All eyes are on Edmonton Vegas tonight. I just got a feeling that uh, just the atmosphere Edmonton is going to be playing in. And, you know, this is the first good team, really, that they've played in a while. When you look at their their schedule, they haven't played overly bad teams but this is the first time in a while that they have played a respectable hockey team. So Yeah, Edmonton is the heavy favorite in Las Vegas this evening. They're a one six six bet. So if you you know want to sprinkle, you put if you put ten down, that was a unit, you'd get six sixty back. So Edmonton Vegas in the NHL. That's crazy though, because their their records are pretty much identical, those two teams. But here we are. Let's get into free agency. The oh, yeah. CFL and the Riders. This you, were, is, you were talking about her. The Riders, again, the Toronto connection, right? Yeah. To the Toronto Argonauts, man, they are losing a lot of players, a lot of coaches. Of course, uh, Corey Mace is our uh, head coach now with the Rough Riders. And reportedly today, if this comes true, A.J. Ouellette will be a Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The reports are that he has agreed to a contract with the Green and White, so that is absolutely huge. And that kind of, you know, puts aside if Jamal Morrill will be mm-hmm. back, if, you know, what else are we going to be doing at the running back position? We already know Frankie Hickson's back, but uh, A.J. Olette, that is just the type of old-school football player that you just love to see. When you think of old-school football, if there's a one player in the current CFL right now that is just that, it's A.J. Olette. The long hair, Barney, the you know the huge arms, stud. So hopefully, it's not official yet because free agency doesn't start until, I believe, the 13th yeah. of February, the day before Valentine's Day, but that's pretty sweet news. Handshake deals. Also reported the Rough Riders agreed to terms with Defensive back Jalen Edwards Cooper, mm-hmm. DB's boy. Yeah, so that's uh, another one that you know the Riders are looking at. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's that time right where a lot's going to happen. Arash Madani's at the Super Bowl. Not sure if he's going to chime in on that when we have him on later. But yeah. obviously, Glenn Suter yeah. is going to want to talk everything CFL. So to get your CFL fix. It kind of spoils CFL free agency day when all these handshake deals happen. I remember last year when they said, you know what, free agency, uh, free agency day is this day here, and everybody's looking forward to that date. But then we know where all these players are going to land before the date happens. It's kind of like opening up all your Christmas presents before Christmas morning, yeah. you know. But, uh, hey, I'm, I'm here for it. But it'll be interesting to see what Klein has to say about it. 
A lot more on that coming up. Obviously, you know, we're getting a few text messages in here with people wanting their rider news. We got it. Keep in mind, it is February, and we will give you what we have. Glenn Suter is our guy. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Glenn's got his finger on the pulse. A lot more coming up. As we said, Western Michigan hockey coach Jason Herter a little bit later on. Swift Current Brock Winsetter, Ryan Switzer. You know what else he wants to talk about? The, 57's uh, baseball. Yes. Yeah, he's big into that. Swift Current 57's baseball. So you baseball hardos there. We'll give you a baseball fix. And Super Bowl gambling talk after the break with Ben Wedding. There are some crazy prop bets out there. You are listening to the Sports Cage on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. All right, back with your sports ticker at 3.30. Busy night in the National Hockey League tonight. Calgary's in Boston. Dallas is at Buffalo. The Carolina Hurricanes at home to the Vancouver Canucks. The Florida Panthers on home ice versus the Philadelphia Flyers. The Winnipeg Jets are in Pittsburgh. The Montreal Canadiens in the nation's capital to meet Washington. Colorado at New Jersey. And the one that a lot of people have their eyeballs on tonight is the Edmonton Oilers at the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a 9 p.m. puck drop Saskatchewan time. This is the Indigenous Sports Spotlight. Each month on the Sports Cage, we highlight an athlete, coach, or builder who is gaining attention both on and off the playing surface. It is the Indigenous Sports Spotlight for our friends at Freeze Tom and Lumber. It is, uh, you know, with the weather we have here, you probably have a good luck if you need a, a deck coming up this spring or if you're bad fence neighbor. We talked about this. Don't be bad fence neighbor. If it's time to get your fence done, uh, the forecast looks pretty good. You can go price everything out right now at Freeze Tom and Lumber in Regina and Fort Capel. They are big supporters of the Indigenous sports scene, and that's what we do here on the Indigenous Sports Spotlight. Winston Bear and Thomas Pratt Jr. joining us from the Round Lake Bears senior hockey team. So, fellas, I don't know who wants to go first here, but you guys are taking on Milestone Game 1 Provincial A this Saturday in Milestone. A lot of hype around this Round Lake Bears team. Where where did this idea come from, and how did we end up uh, entering Provincials? I guess it started probably with 50... 50 plus years ago with my with my uh, Uncle Louie. That's the original Round Lake. And then uh, we tried getting in a few leagues here and uh, we couldn't get in. We tried about three three times and we only got one invite to do a, a proposal and then it was denied by a few of the leagues. So I said, well, I got a hold of Tom here and I said, well, let's make the provincial team and let's prove to them that we, we do belong and we can fit it. Yeah. So you guys, you guys, this isn't just a slap together. We're we're kind of doing a, a provincial run in provincial A here. You guys have been playing in quite a few of the First Nation tournaments this year as well, right? Yes. Yeah. For the past three years, because we couldn't get in the league the past three years. So to keep the boys going, I, I, we started the round lake again, and then we uh, we just fly with it. How many how many uh, tournaments have you played in so far this year, Winston? I think we've only done three. Okay, and and you've from looking on social media, you guys have been pretty successful. Where were those tournaments, and did you win them all, or how did the uh, how did the team do? We won them all. There's uh, we made about forty thousand this year so far, and uh, last year we were at ninety eight thousand. There's two thousand dollars short of a thousand, hundred thousand last year. 
Wow. So coming up this Saturday in Milestone Game 1, let, let's maybe talk about the roster a bit. You guys not only have a lot of uh, you know First Nation players from the area and and around that Ochapaway's First Nation, but you're also bringing in some, uh, I guess we can, we can call them hired guns, guys to try and get you over the top when competing in the difficult Provincial A category. Uh, Dwight King, John Muraski, Colton Yellowhorn, Winston Dateef, Tyler Fiddler. I guess you guys have watched a lot of senior hockey. I'm sure you've been out watching the, the other senior leagues and, and provincials and playoffs that are going on. Stupid question here, but you guys feel that uh, that you can compete and you can make a run at this thing in Provincial A? We do, and we are. We're very confident. Arrogant or nothing, but uh, we, we tried to get a big group of good quality hockey players that aren't a bunch of goons and stuff. We just want to play hockey and improve ourselves again. Next weekend, game two is out in Ochapaways, and you guys are expecting a massive crowd in that world-class facility out there. What what are you expecting uh, next Saturday? We our plan is to just roll the first game like how we would do any other senior hockey game with uh like how we used to do it and but and then we're thinking if it kind of gets blown on a magnitude we'll kind of I don't know, we have a plan here to maybe number seats and Try and make it work, right? <laughs> well, this and this is only this is only round one, Thomas. You guys go round two, round three. We're talking. Uh, this is a big show. No, uh, pretty exciting. I mean, Oh boy, we're we're uh, you know, and and this is this is a big deal too. You guys talked about how the the battle to get into any of the leagues and and how you were turned down. This is a big deal for the, the First Nation or Chapways, but they also the First Nations around. And you guys are going to have First Nations from around Western Canada and probably the country watching and and trying to you know keep track on how you guys are doing. No, you're totally right. Um, just trying to, like I said, it's just about maintaining uh, the image we have here with uh, Round Lake. Here we have a uh, pretty loyal like i said winston said loyal uh hockey players and hockey base like that so kind of that's what makes it more enjoyable to watch right and all these guys are all, all together all the time kind of mm-hmm. um just yeah people just love hearing those names and in, in the first nation communities and on the reserve and all the tourney circuit that's people always want the big names out there and that's kind of what we try to do and try to bring to the native people kind of like that and yeah. yeah, big thing is not to let our fans down. Eh? We got a bunch of loyal fans that just kind of go all over with us. Also, uh, we tried to get in these leagues. We we were shut down, and uh, nobody ever 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 spoke of that truth and reconciliation. And that's kind of what we thought we'd be running with when we entered those leagues. Mm-hmm. Is the truth and reconciliation that everybody is, is pushing, and that you know. These leagues that we went to, they are in Treaty Four territory, and that's that's our territory. So, will you guys will you guys try again next year? Definitely, we're going to see. Yeah, yeah. Theodore will let us. <laughs> People are excited to to see how this pans out, and uh, like I said, Thomas Pratt Jr. and Winston Bear from the Round Lake Bears. Uh, thanks so much for hopping on the Sports Cage today. Thanks, guys. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage. Yeah, I love the indigenous sports spotlight there for Freeze, Tallman, Lumber. All right, let's talk 
to our friend from PlayNowSports.com on the Western Pizza Hotline, Ben Whiting. Ben, Super Bowl week for a gambler, guy that likes to sprinkle. It's fun. That's right, Barney. Appreciate you having me on. You're right. The uh, Super Bowl, it's awfully reminiscent of Christmas to the sports gambler. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm teeming with anticipation here for the big game on Sunday. You know, here's the And Zinger, I think you and I were talking about this. Last year, and, and again, the Super Bowl wasn't in Vegas last year, but last year my wife and I happened to be in Vegas on Super Bowl Sunday. We were like, wow, this is going to be fantastic. You know, all the gambling and, and where else would you want to be and the prop bets and all that. I tell you, it was probably the worst idea we've ever had. We ended up going to uh, P.F. Chang's way in one of the malls that she shops in because <laughs> it was it was like 200 to $500 to just sit at most places and watch the game. And I'm not even talking just the sports book because they always charge, especially now on Sundays. Like even to get into some of the restaurants on the strip or, you know, sports bars, it was crazy. And I'm like, I expected this to be such a better experience. And with the game actually in Vegas this year, like, like good luck. So I'm going to sit on my couch, order some Western pizza and play a ton of units on prop bets. When we look at the novelties that you guys have on playnow.com, the one that jumps out everyone's talking about is the Travis Kelsey proposed to Taylor Swift. What do you think of that one, Ben? That's right. I don't know if that's a realistic possibility or if that's just what seems to be selling in the world of football this season is anything to do with Taylor Swift. Honestly, even more so than Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift has just totally taken over the NFL. Uh, But that has to be the most appealing prop bet we have uh, on the book at this point in time. It's definitely on top of the novelty bets. And we're actually, so like you said, sitting at uh, Travis Kelsey proposal to Taylor Swift during the Super Bowl, yes, at 11.6 odds. And no at 1.03 odds. So the odds aren't necessarily saying that it's going to happen, but we, you got to throw it up on the book. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, responsibly. Responsibly. Um, okay, so what's the other one here that I, I really liked? Uh, well, I didn't like. I thought it was cool. Um, who, will, who will they show first? National, it was a national anthem. Who will they, will Taylor Swift be shown during the national anthem? Yes, 1.74, no, 1.95. Because the national anthem one, that's kind of one of the ones that started it way back in the day, right? It's like, well, what's, how long will the uh, national anthem be? Here they have it over 87.5 or under 87.5. So I'm just rattling off a bunch. When you look down on the, on the novelties, what other ones jump out at you, Ben? and, And you kind of have a chuckle and maybe a sprinkle on. Oh, I mean, the the breadth of opportunity here is just second to none. Obviously, like you said, Barney, uh, we encourage everyone to use their game sense, gamble responsibly within their within their uh, within their limits. Uh, The whole point of prop bets on the Super Bowl is just to have fun. So why not just make it fun? Um, There's tons when you just cruise down here. Uh, (laughs) One that jumps off the page for me is the Drake curse. So if those of you who are listening who are savvy to Drake's uh, fandom in the sports world, he's consistently wrong. So 
what team apparel will Drake be wearing on the Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, it says the 49ers are not favored. They're 2.4 to the Kansas City Chiefs. 1.55. That, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> Zinger, check out this one. Will Zach Caleros be shown in the box <laughs> with Taylor Swift? Yes, five. No, 1.12. I don't know if Zach's going to make the cut to the Super Bowl. Yes is a five for that one. Yeah. Wow. That's oh. pretty close. That's okay. a better likelihood than uh, Travis proposing to Taylor. So, um, going for him. Will Jason Kelsey be shown with his shirt off? That's another <laughs> one. Halftime show. Usher outfit changes. Over, under. See, this is one where you could get, my, you know, not... My wife would probably like to get involved in this one. And this one's a pretty close one. I will usher outfit changes over under one and a half. (laughs) 1.7 or 2.0. 2.0 is the under. Um, It's just, you can go on and on. You can look it up. Playnow.com, the app. Saskatchewan's only legal gaming site. All the money stays right back here in Saskatchewan. Right, Ben? That's correct. It's all reinvested back into the province of Saskatchewan. Uh, when you're gambling on play now, uh, you're not funding some rich guy's yacht out in uh, Barbados or whatever. <laughs> um, so it's local, it's legal, it's safe, and, and we definitely encourage everyone to uh, obviously above the, be above the age of 19 to gamble online. Um, but also use their game sense as well. That is uh, that is so good. And then, as for the game, so let's get it. Who who do you like? What do you like when it comes to the actual tackle football game? For sure, and the actual tackle football game. I mean, I just I have a hard time counting out Mahomes anymore. It's very reminiscent of back in the day where everyone is saying there's no way Brady could keep doing it. There's no way he could get another. There's no way he could keep winning, and he did. And bottom line is Patrick Mahomes is a winner. He finds a way no matter what pieces are around him. Um, and that being said, I mean, the, the Kansas City Chiefs have looked a lot better than the 49ers coming down the stretch here. Uh, San Francisco did not look awfully good against the Lions. Um, so as far as just, you know, recency bias, I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs. And I, I can't count out Patrick Mahomes here. They are they're on a they're they're on a heater going into this game. All right, last thing I want to talk to you about. Let's talk about some of these CFL free agency possible signings. Sounds like the Riders are picking up AJ Ouellette running back. What do you think of that one? Oh, you gotta love a guy. Anytime you get a guy with lettuce like AJ Ouellette on the <laughs> onto the Durs, that's always a good thing. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know if I had a chance to say it on, uh, on the sports cage here, but, uh, I loved the signing of coach Mace. He was there when I was in Calgary. And, uh, I mean, just to speak to kind of his character, the type of guy he is, uh, I was obviously turbulent CFL career. Didn't really stick around anywhere for very long. In my second stint at Calgary, the first time I ran into him, he, he remembered my name, remembered kind of my, the situation I was in. And uh, he's just an awesome dude. So it doesn't surprise me that he's attracting this top-level talent. He's been around the league for forever, um, and guys want to play for him. I was a little disappointed. Uh, uh, I, I liked the gesture of him reaching out to Coach Killam in uh, Calgary, but they refused to let him interview for the spot. I thought that would have been a, a pretty cool acquisition for the Riders if they could get Coach Killam. 
Big and and yesterday, right? Big dough thrown around on the offensive line for uh, Hardrick. That's right. I mean, it's the staple of any successful football team. Look at the look at the Niners. We'll compare them to Super yeah. Bowl uh, contestants. The Niners they have you know the highest paid players in almost every position, and that's that's definitely true in uh, their offensive line. What's his name? Trent Brown, or maybe I'm forgetting it, but. They're one of their tackles there. He's just a man amongst boys. So you need to have a solid offensive line. Hardrick's been kind of a uh, a bell cow for the for the Bombers. And anytime you can kind of take a big piece from the Bombers uh, with the culture that they've built up over the past couple of years, it definitely doesn't isn't going to hurt the Riders going forward. Hey, Ben, what do you make of the Toronto Argonauts losing a lot of players? I mean, I'm looking at the list right now. We got Jamal Peters, Darius Pickett gone. Already mentioned A.J. Ouellette gone. Uh, looks like the double blue are going to be looking a whole lot different next year. Are you surprised? I wouldn't say surprised uh, as a guy who had been cut from teams uh, upwards of five times in my two-year career in the CFL. Uh it doesn't surprise me. Guys move all the all the time, uh, especially that top level talent. At this point in time, you're you're generally trying to get as much uh, money in your pocket as possible uh, to just you know under the understanding that football doesn't last forever and you got to make a living going forward. So uh, that's just the nature of the beast. People move all, all the time, and I would say it's probably more rare uh, to see people staying at programs for upwards of two years. Uh, than it is for people to be moving around, testing out the waters, and and getting new contracts elsewhere. So hey. I think that's pretty much par for the course. Um, not a whole lot of stability in the business, and and guys need to get paid. So that's nature of the beast. Maybe keep your phone right. Keep that ringer on, Ben. You never know. It's uh, could be like I like, a, I like to think I'm on some sort of contingency plan when <laughs> whenever the fifth string long snapper goes down for the riders, maybe I could jump in there and pull uh, a hamstringer. Uh, right on, man. Playnow.com. Get in there and look around and always uh, bet responsibly on the Super Bowl. Going to be interesting. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna shoot you a message here next early next week. We're going to see where it lands. Maybe I'll send you a screenshot of my prop bets. Thanks so much for hopping on the sports cage again, Ben. Love it. No problem. Thanks for having me on again. Enjoy the big game this weekend, fellas. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the sports cage. Barney Shinkerook and Zinger here on a Tuesday. Always for Saskatchewan Lotteries. Main fundraiser for sport, culture, and recreation in Saskatchewan. Everything stays right here. Thanks to Saskatchewan Lotteries. Ben Whiting there from uh, Play Now. That's real interesting on some of those prop bets for the Super Bowl. It's Every single year, it, it feels like more and yeah. more and more bets yeah. come out, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, like we're at the point now where we're betting if someone's going to have their shirt off or not. Like that wasn't like that a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, still coming up on this Tuesday program, Jason Herter, coach of Western Michigan University. We're going to talk about scouting the SJHL, the BCJHL, and the Alberta teams going over there. And uh, CHL skaters possibly going to be allowed to play NCAA hockey now. If you follow hockey, you know that's always been a no-no. 
And we also talk about the transfer portal when it comes to hockey, because I was so confused on that. And then the uh, name image likeness and what goes along with that. Swift Current Bronco insider Ryan Schweitzer is going to join us a little bit later. Arash Madani, Glenn Suter, and just a whole bunch of uh, other stuff. But also joining us right now in the studio, he's going to be with us, I think, for the for the rest of the show is commissioner of the SJHL and just all around sports fanatic Kyle McIntyre Mac thanks so much for uh coming in parking on the street we got to watch you don't get a ticket and now uh, hop it on the sports cage yeah well thanks for having me guys uh my pleasure being here I look forward to the drive <laughs> yeah so much fun okay so first off we've been chatting about this all around around the wagon here tonight talked to Braden McNabb yesterday on on the sports cage Tonight, Edmonton in Vegas, a chance to tie that 17-game winning streak held uh, by the 92-93 Pens. Oilers, Zinger thinks that uh, tonight, it, it ends tonight. Well, it could. Vegas is always a tough out, and you're playing in that barn. That's like no other barn in the NHL. So I think they've been on the heater. They really haven't played the best teams during that heater. Mm. And so tonight, the Cinderella story might be over, fellas. The only thing is Vegas is still banged up, and Edmonton is a massive favorite on the line there tonight. So uh, <sighs> the time off, though, like will the time off come into effect? The all-star break, you know, they had that momentum. They had the mojo. As Austin Powers would say, Mexican sun yeah. healing. But uh, Braden did say they still have a, f- a few guys out. So um, curious tonight, uh, Western Hockey League, Regina Pats in Medicine Hat to take on the Tigers. They're seven points back with 19 games remaining. 7:30 pregame show right here on CKM. Do you know Brad Haroff much? Uh, just a little bit through coaching clinics, but I don't know him personally. Heck of a guy, heck of a coach, and and that team seems to be for what they've dispersed and then they've got rid of, and they got capital back. They're going to be really good in two, three years. But this team, he has them playing so hard, so gritty, and exciting for a team that is basically, you know, hey, we're on to next year. But th- these guys don't see it that way. Well, you know, Tanner Howe, like he is quite a talent. Like I think he's underappreciated in the league. Uh, my son grew up, we ended up playing with him, playing against him when he played in Prince Albert. And he certainly has developed into a, a quality S- or a WHL center. And, and he really is the straw that stirs that drink. Ty Spencer has been playing well for the Pats, and obviously you always need goaltending, so we'll see what happens tonight. Down the road in Moose Jaw, 7 p.m. puck drop, Edmonton in town to take on the powerful Warriors. In Saskatoon, anyone listening up there, your blades, 7 p.m. puck drop against Lethbridge, and then in Swift Current, former home for a couple of years, home of Kyle McIntyre here. The Broncos playing host to the Red Deer Rebels. SJHL, let's get let's get into this because that's that's your league tonight. Flin Flon in Melville, the, the powerful bombers. Just for for people that maybe don't follow it that much, give us the elevator uh, elevator pitch rundown on what the bombers are. Well, the bombers are uh, four lines of uh, offensive power. Like they're a really strong team. There are no weak links. Great goaltending, great defense. Uh, very well coached by Mike Reagan, a veteran of seventeen years in the SJHL, and and they were built to compete with the Brooks Bandits. Uh, oh. That was Mike Reagan's goal this year, and and uh, not many teams are going to upset them. I would be 
super surprised if they don't come out of our league, but we've got five or six teams that have something to say about it, including the Melville Millionaires, coached by Doug Johnson. And the Whitney Forum is is such a seventh man. Have it, you guys been there before? I, I've never been there. I was supposed to play, yada, yada. But I've never been in there. Okay. Never. So, so this spring, if things go according to uh, Flin Flon's plans... Maybe the commission will wheel through here and pick you guys up on a roadie. That's what I'm talking about. Spring, first off, like any road trip, will the golf courses be open? Well, I, they go I, deep. I had an opportunity to play the Flin Flon golf course this fall, and it's built on the Canadian Shield. Oh, that's what I, what I picture. So if you have a, a bad banana or a bad <laughs> hook and you hit the Canadian Shield, sometimes that'll be a favorable bounce right back into play, and sometimes it's it's like gone into the Arctic. <laughs> oh, Will we have the moose like to look forward to getting thrown on the ice, or is that just after a series win? I you think know what? It, it always comes out. Uh, like, let's say if Estevan gets the eighth seed and they end up playing uh, Flin Flon, which will be an epic battle three years in a row, yeah. the moose leg will probably come out after every single yeah. goal. Yeah, I've heard a lot about that moose leg. I kind of want to see it in the flesh. No yeah. pun intended. You know, when I, when I first started as commissioner, the guy who throws the moose leg uh, came up to me and introduced himself in the Whitney Forum, and he said, uh, I just want to know if the new commissioner is going to allow me to throw the moose leg. <laughs> it was a prerequisite. <laughs> that would be... That would be something else, though, to go to a playoff game, a big playoff game in the Whitney Forum. Man, oh, so elsewhere in the SJHL tonight, Melfort is in Weyburn and Yorkton at the Battlefords Prairie Junior Hockey League. Regina Silver Foxes take on the Regina Extreme Hockey Capital 745 at the Ritchie. One hour of the sports cage in the books. A lot coming up. You are listening to the voice of sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between, this is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, always brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly. At Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Arash, on the telephone here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Right now, where are your feet planted, Arash? My feet are in the back seat of our rental car where we just left uh, San Francisco's availability. Caught up with Brock Purdy and company, and now headed back down to, uh, to Media Road, the convention center. So... Good to be with you, Barney. The convention center. You should be. Uh, you should be doing that. I don't know where you were coming from, though. You got to try and take in that. What is it called? The Uber thing, where Elon Musk built the tunnels underneath, and you take the uh, not not Uber, but the Tesla. Have you? you know uh, yeah, I and I always have to remind people. They're like, "Oh, you should do this, and you should do that." I'm like, "I understand, but this is not a vacation." <laughs> Right, so, so detail of of work sadly gets in the way of a great Vegas trip. I was thinking more just as a, as an easy way to transport yourself around. So you're down there. You talk to why, Brock. Why not helicopter while we're at it? No, right? well, yeah, Chuck. Why wouldn't a guy hop on a chopper? You're down there. Um, 
you know, Brock Purdy, San Francisco 49ers, you said you were, you were talking on that. What What's your take? What, what do you like here coming into this game? Every, it seems like everybody I talk to and we've interviewed, everybody's like writing off the 49ers because the Chiefs are on such a heater. Which is insane. Which is insane. How do you write off the Oh. We lost them. The difference is that 15 and 87 play for Kansas City, but San Francisco is the better football team coming into this coming into this Super Bowl. So I'm just not sure how you write these guys off, so to speak, Barney. I think the thing that I do not, as a Patriots fan, and just I do can't cheer for the Chiefs in this one. I, I got to go 49ers, but I think the defensive game plan and how the defense played against Baltimore. I was like, where, where's, where's this Chiefs come, team come from? Well, I mean, it's, it's been a work in progress. I mean, let's remember a couple of things here. That's a Kansas City defense. That's the second youngest in football, just over the average, just over 25 years of age. You know, they invest a first-round pick in a Trent McDuffie. They have Justin Reed back there. You know, L.J. Sneed making this trip at the goal line. And one thing I asked Chris Jones about it yesterday, a vet of that group, and he said, we had to come along, and we had to come along quick. And you can't just kind of bring up guys on track. And it's not instant coffee. It's not Folgers. There's a development (laughs) element to it while you're in a we-better-win-this-week kind of league. So the, the Kansas City defense at the start of the year that got lit up by Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions in their home debut is so different from the KC defense. And their aggressiveness has become a real calling card of, of who and what they are on the defense side of the ball. What's uh, San Francisco or San Francisco wise? You know, when, when you're what you're hearing down there and you're interviewing, um, interviewing everything. Their game plan, like I, I don't know, you know what you do against a Mahomes. You gotta, you almost gotta rush for and hope those guys just can get to him. Or what, you know, what, where, what do you think there? Because you watch him and he's like, oh, oh, there he goes. He takes off again. He's gonna, he's gonna make something happen. Purdy's kind of doing that, you know, as well for San Fran. But the defensive game plan against Mahomes, I'm very curious to see what they roll out. Well, I don't think there's one defensive game plan against Mahomes. Uh, Barney, I think they, they're going to have about seven or eight different plans for him as the game goes on, as scenarios develop, as the game kind of plays itself out. But take, take 15 out of the mix for just a sec. That was a San Francisco defense that, that was embarrassing against Detroit, especially in the first half. And I spoke with Joan Hargrave today and Trey Greenlaw, you know, a defense a veteran defensive lineman and a linebacker who's been through it. And when they put the tape on, and this is an indictment, their effort got questioned. Dudes weren't running to the football. There was a lack of pursuit. There was a lack of effort. And that in professional sports is one of the biggest uh, middle fingers that you can give to an athlete to to, to question their manhood and question their effort. And Hargrave said, look, here's the thing, though. You put the film on, we're hanging our heads because, yeah, that that showed up. And so the conversation this week 
And in the lead-up to this Super Bowl, and when they practiced back in California before coming here to Vegas, was pursuit, pursuit, pursuit. Pursue the ball carrier. Go after them, make a play. There's one game left. One game left for redemption on last week. One game left for a chance to win a ring. And this is a San Francisco defense that was maligned when they lost to Minnesota midseason. I mean, if you lose to Kirk Cousins, that's a problem. And that was amidst their losing streak. And Greenlaw said, we didn't really change anything. We just got more of an understanding of what our defensive coordinator wanted from us. And there's been more communication between their D.C. Steve Wilkes and with the players. Yeah, Rash, I saw on media day that there were a bunch of people in attendance. Like, were they selling tickets to fans to watch, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers talking to microphones? Is that the first time that's ever happened? No, they've done it for a few of them now. And what happens is you come in and you download the app, and then you can just kind of listen. You can kind of scroll through and listen to all the different um, the different podiums of the different players if you wanted. There was an actual atmosphere to it, which was which was kind of neat. Um, sense I got last night is that these Niner fans travel and travel well, and they they may make a factor. It, it's a neutral site game, right, guys? So it's it's not like, you know, once you may have, you know, some fans more than the other, but for the most part, it's going to be a real uh, detached, static atmosphere. But this means a lot to San Francisco. It's not just redemption from 2020. Um, these dudes keep being asked about how much that thing stung when they lost to KC, when they gave up a 10-point fourth-quarter lead, um, they get their shot back, not just at a ring, but against Mahomes and company. And, um, you know, the one thing Fred Warner said yesterday, he said, the biggest thing I learned is that the game is not over until it's triple zeros. (laughs) That's something that, that, that they take from it. That's right. All right. Well, you uh, get your feet on uh, on solid ground there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Have a blast, and we'll catch up with you again, Arash. All right. Thanks, boys. Arash Madani, coast to coast for Brian Gully, Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. 546-2533. It is a sports cage on a Tuesday brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries. When we come back after the break, we're talking Swift Current Broncos with Ryan Schweitzer from Swifty. It is a sports cage on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. The Clutch Performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey, Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, and Gleaner, and Fent dealer. 781-1077 to get a hold of the guys and girls at Nick's Service in Emerald Park. Clutch performer today, boys. We are going senior hockey style. Tyrell Shulko for the Winyard Monarchs. Dumps his hometown boys from Raymore in game three of the provincial a first round matchup scores the overtime winner at one one fifty four into overtime. So Tyrell Shulko from the Winyard Monarchs is our clutch performer for Nick's service in Emerald Park. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio six twenty CKRM.
the Tuesday Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries. Barney Schinker, Zinger, Kyle McIntyre in the studio. 12th and Rose. A real interesting crew walking by the studio today, I'll tell you that. Tell you about, it'd be really great to do this show back in the like the 30s and 40s where everyone was walking around in like top hats and suits, all looking all like El Richie. <laughs> like the picture I was looking at, El Richie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a different time, fellas. It's a different time. Let's go to a guy that I spend a lot of time with in downtown Regina, wor- or downtown Swift Current, working and slugging it out and having an absolute blast. Ryan Schweitzer from Swift Current. We're calling you the Swift Current Bronco Insider. Thanks for hopping on the sports cage. Oh yeah, and and Barney, this is uh, this is an on-air reunion of sorts. I think the last time you and I shared the airwaves was uh, you you were doing time at uh, at the mighty fourteen ninety CJSN in Shonovan, <laughs> and uh, I was in Swifty, and then I I was in town doing a, a live on location type thing from from some sort of trade show at, at the old Jubilee Arena, and I crashed. The, the trading time on CJSN. And I remember some of your coworkers weren't happy about that because you and I weren't taking trading time as seriously as we should. <laughs> yeah, I did. Never took a lot of things serious, especially when it came to the, the broadcasting world. But yeah, that's a fantastic memory. Um, all right, let's let's get out. You got your finger on the pulse there. A lot has sure. been, a yeah. lot has yeah, been with that. a lot has been made about the Broncos and what they did in the moves, and they're going all for it here. What? What is your, and a guy that's seen a lot of Bronco teams, good and bad, what's your take on this team right now? Well, it's, it's interesting right now. I think, uh, and, and you'd appreciate this analogy, Barney, because, uh, yeah, you're obviously familiar with Swift Current. Uh, this season for the Swift Current Broncos has had more twists and turns than a field sobriety test outside Caddyshack back in the day. <laughs> um, there's been a lot of ups. There's been a lot of downs, um, and a lot of people thinking back to the last time the Broncos pushed all in, so to speak, in 2018 when, when there was that memorable arms race in, in the East. There was the Broncos, there was the Memorial Cup host Regina Pats, and, and the Moose Jaw Warriors were also at the peak of, of their building as well, and they had a, a contending team. And Swift really went all in that year to, to compete in that arms race, and they traded seven years' worth of first-round assets among other things, to, to build that team. Uh, this year, the price tag wasn't quite as steep. They didn't have to go quite that deep and mortgage so much of the future. But, uh, but yeah, the Swift Current Broncos certainly made a statement at the trade deadline by, by bringing in, you know, what, what many people would say the top junior hockey player in Canada right now, Connor Geeky, uh, pulling him out of Wenatchee and, and bringing him to, to Swift and also beefing up the defense by, by adding uh, a journeyman, Tyson Galloway. Who's uh, who's been through some wars in Calgary? So yeah, Swift certainly made a splash at the at the trade deadline, and uh, as we head into the home stretch here, it's it's interesting. I think this Bronco team has has been saddled with some injuries this year. We we haven't seen fully what this team can do, and that and that's something that still continues to creep through the dressing room as as they lost the services of Tyson Galloway for a few weeks. But it's it's a team that I think is trying to figure out who's going where and and who's zigzagging in the right direction and uh you know i I think once they they get some chemistry going uh they're going to be a force to reckon with in uh in the whl east hey ryan uh kyle mcintyre how you doing fella 
Hey, Kyle, how's things? I'm, I'm good. If I was any better, I'd be you, buddy. <laughs> there you go. So uh, as much of us uh, who are fans of the Swift Current Broncos, we're watching that Eastern Conference, Ryan, and we're kind of looking at who might be the dance partners for the Broncos that the Broncos would prefer. If, if you and Maddie Barrett, voice of the Broncos, had a choice as to who your first-round matchup would be, what team in the Eastern Conference would that be? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, I think Swift Kurt matches up really well with Brandon. Um, Brandon, unfortunately, uh, took a W out of Swift Kurt a few nights ago by, by beating the Broncos in overtime. But I think that's a team that, that the Broncos have played really well. But in terms of a preferred dance partner, oof, I mean, it's, it's scary. Like, there's a lot of good teams in, in that WHL East. I mean, uh, per, personal preference, if, if for nothing else other than the off-ice antics, I always like the playoff battles with Moose Jaw. Their fans coming to Swift. Lots of our fans going over there and uh, and getting loud and rowdy in that rink. And, and that would certainly be a heck of a playoff series from a fan perspective. But, uh, you know, I, I think realistically, when you look at where the standings are right now and just at this point of the year, how hard it is to, to move up or move down. Uh, I think a lot of people are realistically looking at the fact that it's going to be a, a likely date with the Red Deer Rebels, who are actually in town tonight. Um, I'm actually doing my pregame game production prep for, for the Broncos hosting Red Deer tonight. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing a, a first-round preview tonight with, uh, with the Broncos and Red Deer. And that's a really intriguing matchup, guys, because I think it's, uh, it's the old analogy of the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. You have the Swift Current Broncos who went out and got uh, Connor Geeky, who have as good a top nine forward group, I think, as anyone in the CHL when it comes to depth. But you have Red Deer, which is just, you know, as our analytics guy says, such a low event team, so disciplined, so structured, so systems driven. Um, I think tonight's game is uh, is going to be a first round preview and uh, it's going to be a really intriguing game tonight and uh, and potentially when these two teams collide in March. Big, long-winded answer guy. Hey, Switzer. Well, you, uh, you still got... You told, st- me that I was, uh, <laughs> told me I was going to go for a half hour, Barney, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to stretch here. Yeah. If, if, if I'm going overboard, you just jump No, in. no, no. I'm just, hey, I'm just juicing you. Um, Kyle, you know what Kyle said uh, just a little while ago off mic? He said, you know, that Red Deer team... And to use the cliche, kind of built like a like built for the playoffs. Maybe not the greatest regular season, not super sexy to watch, but built for the playoffs. So that is, you know, could be a scary matchup. But then, like you said, they play tonight. Puck drop seven o'clock in Swift Current. The question I had is a long-winded question here: is what uh, what's support been like for this team in in Swift Current and area? Well, it's, uh, you, you know that old adage, never get too high after a win or too low after a loss? Throw that out the window in Swift Currents. And I know it's similar all over Saskatchewan, especially in, in dealing with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and such. Um, last week, the Broncos had a great week. They, uh, they shut out Lethbridge 6 nothing on home ice. They went and, and they played a really great road game in Regina, beating the Pats 3 nothing. Uh, that uh, UN Hue, that goalie for the Pats, by the way, for your Regina listeners, what a, what a goalie he is to watch. He's going to be unreal in this league. And I think the Broncos could have run up the score a little bit in that one, but Hue was stellar. But, uh, but last week was a great week in, in Swift, and uh, people were planning the parade route, so to speak. And, and the rink was loud, but uh, there was a recent overtime loss in Brandon at home. And the team's actually been struggling a little bit on the power play. And, 
you know, Bronco fans, they're, they're a tough crew to please. There's a lot of hockey savvy people sitting in the, uh, in the 2800 here in Swift. So it's, uh, I think the best way to put it right now is, is guarded optimism. We know what this team can do and we hope they can figure it out. Hey, hey, you guys need to work on that power play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot. We got, we got, Shoot. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we got a lot of that, eh? Shoot. Every hockey <laughs> rig. Oh, shoot. Shoot where? Do you know that they block shots nowadays? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I watched the game the other night. I caught a, I caught a bit of it. And, yeah, like they're, they're, a, they're a good hockey team. What's the – I don't know anything about them. What's the coach like for the Broncos? Well, that's an interesting one, and I'm sure anyone who's followed current events know that there's been some adventures in this organization when it comes to who's been behind the bench. Um, but, but that's an intriguing thing is, is who is behind the bench for the Broncos right now. Uh, they, they parted ways with head coach Devin Pratt earlier this season, and uh, Terrace McEwen, who was the assistant coach, has, has stepped in to the uh, interim head coaching role. And Terrace spent time in the uh, Winnipeg Ice organization prior to them moving to Wenatchee. Um, he's worked under James Patrick. Uh, the last name McEwen, familiar to many hockey fans. Uh, Brett McEwen, his uncle, Brad McEwen, who actually used to coach here in Swift Current and is yep. part of the Vegas Golden Knights organization. Uh, that's his dad. Terrace was actually a stick boy back in the day. So he's, he's no stranger to the organization, and I do believe the first guy to go from stick boy to head coach. But, uh, you know, with, with Terrace, he's... He's surrounded himself with some good people. Uh, as an assistant coach, uh, we got Regan Darby behind the bench, who's played professional hockey overseas, who's a Swift Kurt product. Uh, he's a local captain of our, our fire department, looks great in a suit. And, uh, and Zach Smith is a recent addition to this coaching staff as well. And he's a Swift Kurt Bronco alum who played several hundred games in the NHL, mostly with the Ottawa Senators. And, and bringing in Smitty and bringing in Zach Smith, I really think that that's Stabilized what has been a bit of a tumultuous coaching situation this year. Stick boy to head coach. That that'd be a good title for a book. Hey, do you want to stay on here? We got to take a quick break. Do you want to stay on? We'll talk a little bit more, and we'll also talk about some baseball. This is fun. I got nothing but time, brother. Right on, Ryan Schweitzer joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Always a great night for Western Pizza. You are listening to the Sports Cage on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. All right, sports ticker time at 4.33. It's for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Three games in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League tonight. We have the commissioner, Kyle McIntyre, in studio with us right now. Flynn Flon is in Melville, the Melfort Mustangs in Weyburn. And the other one, the Yorkton Terriers up north to take on the Battleford North Stars. That one, a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage on this Tuesday for Saskatchewan Lotteries. Main fundraiser for sport culture and recreation in Saskatchewan. Barney Shankarek, Zinger, Kyle McIntyre here in the cage and joining us for another segment over there in Swift Current. Ryan Schweitzer. Hey, Schweitzer, when you, you've watched probably every Eastern Conference team pretty much against the Broncos this year. Take your jersey off, allegiance aside. What team impresses you from the East? 
Ooh, that's uh, that's a great question. Uh, and, and you know what? Before I get into that, I'm not going to take too long on this, but it's awesome to be on a segment sponsored by Western Pizza. Um, <laughs> that is such a treat every time I'm in the city, and uh, I, I love what they do. Anyway. Hey, um, so well, next time you're in town, let's go for some yep. Western Za. No, I'm all over it. Uh, I, I love what they do. Just my wife's a foodie, and she always wants to eat at these like really high-end places, but... Uh, I always save a little room for some Western, but uh-huh. but anyway, I'm not trying to dodge your question by uh, by talking about pizza. That's a pro move. Myself, pro yeah, move. Giving myself an extra minute to think about it. Um, I mean, obviously, what what Saskatoon did uh, at the trade deadline and leading up to it, Fraser Minton, Alex Suzdalev, you know, they're they got that sexy lineup, and and they're going to be a tough out night in and night out. Um, I really like what what Moose Jaw did at the trade deadline too, and you know they've they've managed to build through the draft, and, and they always go about things the right way. Their organization does, but uh, you know it's it's those Medicine Hat Tigers that oh. just always seem to be a thorn in the side. And uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, well, I think I do know what it is. It's Willie Desjardins behind the bench. Um, the guy knows junior hockey inside and out. He, he knows the league. He knows the game. He, he gets the most out of his players. And, and why that matchup scares me, and we talked about it a moment ago, I, I think the Swift Current Broncos have a very talented, young coaching staff, and I think Terrace McEwen is going to have a fantastic career as a head coach in the Western Hockey League or, or any league that he plies his trade in. But uh, the Medicine Hat Tigers, led by Willie Desjardins. Um, you know, you asked me earlier who I'd like to see the Broncos play in the playoffs. Uh, that's the top of the list, being the Bronco homer, is who I wouldn't want to see in the first round or any round of the playoffs. And if Swift is going to have a long run, hopefully someone else is able to to get them out of there. Well, certainly uh, Willie Desjardins does have that hockey acumen, and he's playing chess when the rest of the league is playing checkers. And then you throw in that McKenna. Like, isn't he well, something? Yeah, McKenna, I mean, he's unreal. And uh, it, it's great, you know, having players like that in the league and being able to showcase them and, and guys like that sell tickets and put butts in seats. And, uh, and it's great to have those guys. He's so fun to watch, but you know, it's, it's that Oasis Wiseblatt and players like that that just seem to thrive under Willie Desjardins, you know, just playing that, that Brad Marchand agitator, um, Matt Tuchuk type role. Willie just seems how to teach those guys where the line is, and and they go right to the edge, but they don't cross it. They don't hurt their own team too much by, by taking penalties, but they're able to get under the skin of, of other teams. And, yeah, McKenna's great to watch, but, uh, you know, Willie, he's got a history with them. Ryan Holweg way back in the day, uh, Derek Dorsett, you know, in the late 2000s, and then now it's Oasis Wiseblatt. And you get a player like that under, under Medhat's head coach, and, and it, it can be, they can be a tough out. Here's a Derek Dorsett uh, little story for you guys. Long NHL career, tough as nails. Do you know that he was cut from every single AAA midget team in Saskatchewan? Well, and, and he ended up settling with the Legionnaires, yeah, like in Swift. So it's crazy. Yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah, no. Um, okay, let's shift gears a bit. Let's talk, let's talk baseball in Swift. How's that franchise uh, sitting right now? It's a challenge. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I mean, I f- full full disclosure on everything. I, I'm involved on the uh, Swifter 57s board as the as the president right now, and and maybe that's the reason I'm not telling you of untold riches in the organization at the moment. But uh, but it's uh, it's tough. It's a volunteer run organization in a league that is growing increasingly competitive and increasingly big business. 
And and that's going to be the goal of, of the Swift Current organization is to try and evolve things to that level to, to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. Like it's it's not going and watching, you know, beer league baseball at a dusty ballpark. Like these are high level collegiate athletes. Uh, more and more players in the league are moving on to, to have professional opportunities. It's it's a growing league and Swift Current is uh, that that's the challenge right now is keeping up with the Joneses in the league, so to speak. Definitely, and of course, there's always a balance of having that hometown talent, and and uh, we have a couple of real good young players in uh, in Ethan Murdoch and uh, Brody Alexander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ethan Murdoch. He's uh, he's a special player. Brody Alexander too. You know, Brody can uh, he can hit a baseball a ton when uh, when he gets a hold of one Oppo then uh, it's it's just exciting to watch ball sail out of Mitchell Field when when he's at the plate. But yeah, Ethan Murdoch, that's uh, that's a special a special athlete too. You know, great great human being. Um, watches everything he puts into his body. Takes good care of himself. And I know he he puts a lot of pressure on himself and uh, places high expectations on himself. And uh, you know, he's just he's just built for baseball. Just a, a good, tough, mentally grounded kid. Takes care of his body, watches what he puts in his mouth. Sounds exactly how I was when I lived in Swift Current. Oh, yeah, well. you were jacked. I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Caddyshack. I, I remember when you were in Swift Current. That was when Enrique Iglesias was huge. And every, all, all the girls liked you because you looked like him. <laughs> You're an idiot. Oh, I love it. Oh, okay, last question. That's it, eh? Yeah, no, no. Last question here. What's uh, what do you like? Uh, what do you like tonight? You're going to be watching the Swift Current Broncos take on the Red Deer Rebels, but we've been talking about it. Do the Edmonton Oilers extend their winning streak to 17 games against the Las Vegas Golden Knights in Las Vegas? Ooh, so, well, I mean, Vegas. That's a that's a tough barn to win in. I mean, obviously they got uh, such a great production there and everything, and and of course the on ice product in Vegas is always is always good too. Uh, anything Kelly McCrimmon's involved in, you know. But uh, but the Oilers this year, man, what what a story they've been. And you know, a lot of people compare the Swift Current Broncos to the Edmonton Oilers. You know, the small market type thing, and uh, uh, we can only hope in Swift Current for for an Oilers type run. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm all in on the oil. Um, you know, Bronco alum Stuart Skinner and goal uh, seventeen tonight. Yeah, let's go, Ryan Schweitzer. Let's make this a thing on the sports cage. Thanks so much uh, for hopping on today. Hey, you got my number now, man. Anytime and uh, and good talking to you again, Kyle. We'll uh, we'll have to catch up in Swift one. We'll days. see you in the rink, buddy. Yeah, right. Sounds on. good, amigo. Ryan Schweitzer on the Western Pizza Hotline. You heard it here. Ryan Schweitzer is a big fan of Western Pizza. Why wouldn't a guy or a girl have some Western Pizza this evening? Still a lot to get to on the sports cage. After the top of the hour, we're not going there yet, but after the top of the hour, if you're just tuning in, we have Jason Herter. Associate coach of the Western Michigan University NCAA hockey team. We talk scouting. We talk the transfer portal. We talk NIL money and the CHL players possibly able to play NCAA hockey as early as the summer. We're going to talk about that. Glenn Suter still coming up after 5.30. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Price of Super Bowl tickets currently to get into the game. You're listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on this Tuesday. Barney Shinkerick, Zinger, and Kyle McIntyre riding today with you. Fellas, Super Bowl Sunday coming up in Las Vegas, Nevada. We heard from Arash Madani, who's down there shuttling around in rental cars right now. Tickets. Kyle, this is a question for you. To get into the stadium currently... I'm on one site, Zinger's on another. How much do you think you can get in Canadian dollarinos? Canadian, which is almost double uh, what it would cost American. Uh, I would say 6500 American. That's roughly about right, I, I believe. I'm on game time. What are you on, Zing? I'm on StubHub right now. So StubHub comes up as Canadian dollars. Yeah, and it's already translated and stuff, So, uh, or converted, I guess is the word. <laughs> translated. $8,000 Canadian for a 200-level ticket, which yeah. is like middle bowl. So that's not too bad. I mean, if you want to go a little up higher, it's actually more expensive. So, yeah, it's hovering around eight grand Canadian. To get so, you in the door? I'm on game time, and it comes up as American. Get into the get into the game. Your eyeballs can see it from way up top. This isn't... I don't know if this is with fees, though. 6,200 American. Yeah, they always keep the fees until the very end, I feel like. I love this seat here. 50-yard line behind the 49ers bench. <laughs> 30,000 scoots. 30,000 scoots. What about uh, club level? Oh, club level is a little bit cheaper. 27 grand to go to this Super Bowl well, this looks, Sunday. It in. looks like it's uh, the prices haven't really changed compared to this time last week, which is usually the closer you get to kickoff, it could either go one or two ways. You know, people that want to unload their tickets will sell them for a bit cheaper. Guaranteed there's a couple people waiting outside Allegiant Stadium on Super Bowl Sunday just like refreshing their stub hub thinking like, I'm going to get a guy who's selling it real cheap. But here's the real question. Does Zach Kolaris get to be in the box for Super Bowl? I don't know if he makes the cut like you were saying, Barney, for the Super Bowl. Does Zach Kolaris make the cut for uh, Travis Kelsey's box? I don't know. I think they they send him a tough text that morning. We Unfortunately, we looked at the ticket allotment. We thought we were getting more than we did, but we got a nice little suite at the Venetian Sportsbook for you. I take that. <laughs> so, okay, here's the story. This is my last day hosting this week. Super Bowl stories. Okay, crazy. I, I had a chance to go to the one in Phoenix. Patriots, huge Patriots fan against um, Seattle. Should have been Green Bay. They play Seattle, and I get the Patriots probably should have lost that game, but that interception on the goal line by Malcolm Butler. I've never jumped so high in my life, and we were upper deck seats. Um, but I was, you, they, they give you a little radio when you walk in, sponsored by, I think it was American Express or something, right? So you're listening to the game, you're listening to everything, and it was at the far end, and I see the play happening, and I'm like, he just threw that, and it looked like, and then you're listening in your ear, it's like, interception! Malcolm Butler has intercepted! And I'm like, oh, so the story on that one is that's the Super Bowl that tickets really started to go through the roof because we bought ours, get this, we bought ours 
from a ticket broker, the official ticket broker of the Dallas Cowboys. All you're buying is air. But we, because company I was with, we bought some like, hey, do you guys deal in Super Bowl tickets? Yes. Can I, can we pre-buy some right now? So this is like nine months before the Super Bowl. He's like, absolutely. 1,500 American upper deck seats. I'll take four of them. The dollar was at par. Okay. 1,500 to go to a Super Bowl, dollar at par, not bad. We're jumping on that probably all day, right? So then the <laughs> my wife, this is this is not a laughing matter. Unfortunately, we have an issue in the family. My wife couldn't attend. She's like, can't go, you know, whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, I got this extra ticket. All right, we get there. Well, three days out, we get there. There's people, when you get down the escalator, you're going, you said, in a couple weeks, Phoenix Airport, you get down, guys holding signs, I will buy tickets, what do you have? So then I'm like, I'm by myself. I'm like, well, I don't know, I'll start shopping this thing around. What do you have? I said, I don't know, I got a ticket in the upper deck. I don't have it, because you just buy air. And then what these brokers do is they get them from people with the NFL, players, that get tickets, then they just turn around and sell them, pocket a bunch of cash, and they're out of Dodge, right? So you're following me so far. Well, I, I play the game for three days, and I watch these things climb and climb and climb. And I'm, I'll be full disclosure here. I'll give you the prices. So then day of the game, day before the game, we got to go pick up our tickets. And I'm like, is this guy going to honor it was on my credit card though is this guy gonna honor our tickets because i'm kind of you know what bricks right now yeah okay so we meet them at this mansion and that they rented in scottsdale bodyguards it was like crazy we get up there barney has three tickets he said well you said you had that extra ticket do you want to do you want to sell it i said well yeah he goes well i'll buy it back to you for 4500 at that time the dollar had changed 20 cents and I bought it for 15. I bought air for 1500. So he's going to give me 4,500 Americana. Sorry, this was on the phone before we showed up. So we get there, meet him, introduce. Yeah. Thanks so much for your business. Um, she's going to help you. We got to go. And there's this massive kitchen with this counter counts out the Americanos. There's only four here four grand. And she's like, well, that's what he told me for the one ticket. And I said, no, no, you better get him on back on the phone, get him to turn around and come back with his bodyguards or without. I don't care because the deal was 4500 Get him on the phone. He's like, no, Barney, it was 4500 if you sold them all back to me. If you just sold me one, it was four. I'm like, we never talked about that in the deal. I said, but you know what? You're a pretty good guy because you could have told me to get lost because we bought these things nine months ago for 15 undo. I said, I'll meet you halfway, 4250 pans the phone back she counts off another 250 so then i always kept that money to take my wife to a game because she couldn't come because family issue roll around to the houston one i'm like well do you want to go she's like sure and we ended up going to the houston uh super bowl where the patriots came back on the <laughs> atlanta falcons and again, this, I'm not going to bore these people with the story there. That story is even crazier <laughs> how we end up sixth row, 35-yard line 
and the Patriots tied it right in front of me. Amendola and the direct snap yeah. to White. That was all right there. Little John and his posse were behind us. Vince Vaughn was in the section over. It was just unbelievable. So that is, you were asking, because you were really confused how I was able to go to two Super Bowls. So that's how it just played out. It wasn't like I was like, hey, let's go to the Super Bowl and spend eight grand. No, it was a $1,500 buy that I parlayed into going to two Super Bowls. <laughs> That's story time on the sports cage. Yeah, it was uh, it was on this day back in 2011 that my Green Bay Packers won Super Bowl 45 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. Where was was that in uh, that was in uh, Dallas, Jerry's World. That was a good was that it wasn't that a good game? Yeah, it was a 31-25 final score. Great game, great memories. Yeah. Oh, so then. What year was that? It would have been the 2010 season, and then the Super Bowl happened on February 6th of 2011. Yeah. So you remember that Super Bowl that the Patriots beat the Seahawks, how the Packers oh, should have been there. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Bostick, he dropped the onside kick in the NFC Championship game. All he needed to do was catch the onside kick, and we would have been, I say we, I'm a Packers shareholder. I could say that, Barney. <laughs> we should have been in the Super Bowl. Still, hey, still daggers me. I know. And I, I, you know what? I was rooting for the Packers so hard this year because of you and my brother-in-law, but I was. Uh, Oilers, we get, we're getting some texts in on the Capital Ford Lincoln text line here. 936-6262. I got to catch up here a bit. We got uh, Kevin in Saskatoon. Man, this, this is an interesting one. Kev. I love you. I don't know if you're hanging out at Bridges up there or what, what you're into, <laughs> but he says, uh, I said I would not have, I would not have time to take off from harvest to go to a rider playoff game. Not sure about this year. QB still worries me. What do you, they, they got it. It's the offensive line. They got you know, like, what else do you want? Who? We we got the QB. Yeah, we got the QB. Uh, it's just a matter of protecting them, you know, putting some pieces in place around them. And the Riders are doing that the last couple of days. AJ Olette, yeah. uh, Jamarcus Hardrick, Hardrick, yeah. So highest paid O lineman. So Kevin, love the text, but I think uh, I think you're off your rocker. And you never take time off from harvest, right? To go to anything when you're harvesting, you just give her. Isn't it? All the way through. All the way through. All right. Another one here. Uh, How about John the Habs fan? I said that Mario Lemieux was not on that, uh, you know, 91-92 team. I was just doing a quick look-see, okay? I wasn't, I don't know. I was glancing through the roster. I didn't see his name. So I said, hey, maybe he wasn't on the team. Maybe it was that time period when he was away. But no, John... Texted and said, no, he was on that team. So, If you're just driving home and you're asking what we're talking about, the Oilers have a chance to win Game 17 tonight in a row and tie the 92-93 Pittsburgh Penguins record. They are in Las Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. And the Oilers are the favorites there. Crazy. If you're just joining us and you want to go back and listen on the podcast, in the first hour, we talked... Senior Hockey, the Indigenous Sports Spotlight. The Round Lake Bears from Chapway's First Nations. They're gearing up to play Provincial A first game Saturday against Milestone. They're not in a league. They've just been playing in the First Nation tournaments. They're getting ready to do that. Ben Whiting from Play Now Sports. We talked the crazy Super Bowl novelty bets that you can play on Play Now Sports. What was your favorite one? Uh, Jason Kelsey having his tarp on or off. 
Did you? Uh, Mac wasn't here when we did that one. Um, also, the clutch performer. Let's get into this. Last night, we already talked about it, but Winyard dumps Raymore in overtime. Provincial A first round game three packed Winyard Barn. Well, it looked fairly packed. Terrell Shulko scored for Winyard to dump Raymore there. Arash Madani joined us. It's been a busy show so far. And coming up after the break, we're talking NCAA Division I hockey. We're talking the CHL players possibly playing Division I hockey coming up here just a lot. We're going to be joined by Hafford, Hafford boy Jason Herder from Western Michigan University. You're listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on the home of sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's Barney Shankaruk. Yeah, Shinkrick back here with Zinger, Kyle McIntyre. It's a sports case on a Tuesday for Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for sport, culture, and recreation in our beautiful province. Regina Pats on the ice tonight in Medicine Hat on 620 CKRM. They are seven points back of a playoff spot right now with 19 games remaining. That pregame show starts at 730. If you're just tuning in, SJHL tonight, Flim Flons in Melville up the road. I'm sure a lot of people in the Melville area listening right now. There's a nice Western pizza in Melville, by the way, as well. Melfort's at Weyburn. That's even closer down the road if you're going down the 60. And Yorkton in the Battleford. Some Junior B action tonight. The Regina Silver Foxes take on the Extreme Hockey Capitals at the Al Ritchie. A lot of CFL talk coming up after 5.30. Glenn Suter is going to join us, but we're going to keep the hockey talk going right now, and it's time to talk some NCAA Div 1 hockey. All right, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline from Kalamazoo, Michigan, the associate coach of the Western Michigan NCAA Division One hockey team from Hafford, Saskatchewan, Jason Herder. Jason, thanks so much for hopping on today. Not a problem. Appreciate it. So there is a lot of talk in the, in the hockey world right now with what's going on with the last year with the BC JHL and then this year now some of the Alberta teams are moving over to the BC League uh, Saskatchewan League Manitoba League still intact when when it comes to you guys down there obviously you're hearing a lot of this Did it, does it affect anything when you guys are looking at scouting are you guys basically just trying to find the best players we're basically just trying to find the best players. You know, I um, the, the one thing about the leagues that disappoints me is is uh, a really good Saskatchewan player that um, you know thinks he might want to go to the NCAA, thinks he needs to leave Saskatchewan to do it. You, you know what I mean? And, and when all the best players leave to to go to BC or Alberta, the the product goes down. And I'm just like, there's there's nothing wrong with playing at home. We get calls from coaches all the time. We got Instat video. I watched so many games in the SJ, even though I'm not up there, just to see what there is. And the, the thing for us is, you know, school's, school's expensive. Um, we got to offer scholarships. We have a salary cap. We have 18 scholarships for 27 to 28, 29 players. So not everyone gets a full scholarship. And um, it, it's just hard when you go up there with the Canadian dollar and, and so forth. These, these these kids, 
you know, are, are expected probably to pay a little bit of money, but uh, the experience and, and what we provide for them is, is state of the art. You've been around coaching NCAA hockey for, you know, almost, I want to say almost 20 years, well over 10. Long time. How, how much has that changed from when you started has has it because i remember you know when i when i was coming out and and guys and and even myself right you would always you wanted the full ride you didn't want a partial how much has that changed over the the last few years well back back when when i was playing like the, they, they had 23 scholarships mm-hmm. you know what i mean so a couple local kids that are good players will come on they'll because they're local they'll get cheaper school and so forth and you could give most of the teams scholarships now there's been some legislation passed that, uh, you know, some of the stuff in the old days where football was cheating and this and that. The NCAA doesn't look a lot of times at sport by sport. They pass a law where, okay, we're going to cut scholarships. People are going to cheat. Mm-hmm. And hockey gets caught up in it. You know, swimming gets caught up in it. Everything gets caught up in it. And I, I believe after doing this for so long that, that hockey's his own animal. Like, not any other sport has a... A junior league, for example, where you're not bringing in freshmen that high school, you're bringing in, you know, 19 year olds or 20 year olds. You know, so like we've been pushing since I've been in college about treating hockey like a different animal in the NCAA's eyes. That's that's a really, really good point. How does, and this is so great because I wanted to ask this for so long, how does the transfer portal and what's going on in, in college football, how does that work when it comes to the other sports, specifically hockey? Well, ours is ours. Ours is the same. Kids declare they want to go to the transfer portal. Back in the day, it used to be where uh, the only time you're allowed to transfer without having the city year was if uh, you're you, you finished your undergrad in, in under four years and you had an extra year. So if you're finished your degree early, like a lot of kids transfer credits in here because if all they're junior hockey, they might you know take two classes a semester. When they were going to high school, they were taking what's called AP courses, which transfer into college. And next thing you know, a kid comes to college and he's got uh, you know half a year or three quarters of a year done. So he goes to three years plus of summer school and into his senior year, he's he's eligible to transfer to a different school should he want to. That was the only way he could do it. Now. Um, you look at a kid wrong and he's like, and he could be your best player. He's like, fine, I'll just go somewhere else. Like it's, it's a total different heart to keep kids accountable. That's why the recruiting process of personalities and uh, the honesty between the kids and the coaches about exactly where they stand at all times. That's all kids want is honesty. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'll tell a player, you know what, unless you pick it up, you're going to be fighting for your spot next year. Mm-hmm. And they don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. And some guys fight through it and they become really good college hockey players. Some place goes where it's easier to play. Do do you see do you see them tweaking that and changing that as we go along here for all sports, the transfer portal and, and how it's being handled? I'm I, I think there has to be a better reason um, for kids wanting to transfer. I think there's got to be personally some guidelines. Like you look at football, there's a starting quarterback in a really good program that's transferring, and if he makes it known during the season he's transferring because he got offered a million dollars to go somewhere else. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And like, okay, you're, you're not playing could be one. Um, you're fourth in the depth chart as a quarterback, but all you want to do is play. You might not make the NFL, but you, you want to go to a different school where maybe you're number one or two and you have a fighting chance to play and have a better college experience. That's, in my opinion, what it was intended for. Mm-hmm. Not uh, who's going to pay us some more now that you have the NIL money and, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, because that's my next question. The the NIL money does does that um, come into play a lot 
in college hockey? In some cases, like uh, in the schools or like the Big Ten school. Now, a lot of times the players don't actually get paid, but a, uh, a company uh, will sponsor the program where, gotcha. uh, let me see how it may work, where they'll say we're going to give you this much a year. Well, those, the, the, the program could put that towards scholarships. Mm-hmm. So they could actually increase their scholarships. We'll say, you know, you're allowed 18, but a company's going to give you $90,000 a year for your program. You could give it to the kid to cover a school, somebody that's not getting a scholarship. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? So now you got three extra full scholarships. Yeah. Jeez. So, en- so yeah, enlightening. But- yeah, and, and and what happens is there's there's smaller schools that have really good hockey programs that just don't have those kind of donors or don't have those kind of people that um, are willing to do that for, for just one program in your university, and then it becomes lopsided where there's the tier one, tier two type. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't want college hockey to get there because if you look back, um, you know I was at Duluth for nine years. You know, for for a stretch there, we, we went to five frozen fours. Uh-huh. We won two national championships in, in in Duluth, and that's against all the big boys. You know, and, and I think that there is that in college hockey. Like anybody can beat anybody. You see it all the time. Where number one loses to sixteen <laughs> yeah. in the first round of the NCAA playoffs, and then sixteen has five first rounders on it or something like that. It, stuff happens in hockey that's different. Yeah, yeah. And, right. and I think that uh, it just kind of. It not say wrecks the actual game, but it wrecks wrecks opportunity for for some schools to be the best that they can be. Jason Herder, associate coach of Western Michigan, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline here. So the other the other big story up here in, in hockey in general, when it comes to the SJHL and Major Junior, is the rumor that the CHL is going to be your CHL players are going to be allowed to go down and play NCAA hockey. What is your take on that as a coach in, in Div 1 hockey? To increase your player pool to, to me is a huge thing, and that increases your player pool. And I'll go back to when I first started coaching college hockey. Um, there were so many rules about what you were allowed to give the kids. So back then you could give them peanuts and grapes and a piece of bread, but you couldn't give them peanut butter, grape jelly, and a piece of bread for that one sandwich. Maybe, maybe a plate, maybe a plate of pierogies. Yeah, no shit, right? (laughs) And now we have, now we have, uh, situations where we have performance chefs here and we can feed the kids three meals a day if we want. Jeez. You know, so this whole thing with, um, you know, we, we, we are allowed to give our players way more than any major junior players are. And legally, there's ways that some programs, should they choose to do it, just like football, can pay these kids more than they'll make in their first contract in the NHL. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's getting that crazy. So opening up that player pool, I, I think, is, is huge. Now, the funny thing is, 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 especially the people back in Canada, that have, unless they followed college hockey and see some of the players, I think they'd be shocked to know that, I'll just use the Saskatoon Blades, for example, or Regina Pats, because that's where I grew up. Yes, we'd want the top players to play college hockey. There's so many of the players on that team that, in my opinion, wouldn't be good enough. Or they're the same as a top player from Tier 2 or kid from the States. or You know what I mean? You'd have to pick yeah. and choose. We'd want the top players. But everybody else, like I, I remember, like, hey, listen, if I don't make the tub, I'm just going to go play college. Well, that's not the case. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's older here. What I'd like to see, to be honest with you, 
is I'd like to see the CIS, which has some very good hockey teams, the CIS and the NCAA be the new American League, where everyone gets an education. Hmm. And they can play a high level of pro hockey, well, we'll call it pro hockey, but play a really high level of hockey while they're waiting to get to the NHL. Now, there's those one percenters who take those out, but everybody else. And to me, it just, just makes sense. The average age of an NHL rookie is 23. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's the case, why wouldn't you take that time to play really high hockey, get your education, because the average lifespan of a hockey player was six years? Yeah. Right? So it, it, to me, I don't care how many millions you make, you're going to need to keep busy and want to do something. We're, we're competitive people by nature. You just don't want to sit around at 32 years old. Yeah. You've got to do something, and, and, and you don't want to spend all your money that you make. Yeah, you know, you want legacy. You want to take care of your kids and your grandkids and help them, and so you have to find a way to make some more money. Yeah, and there's only so many broadcasting jobs in, in hockey. There's only so many, you know, guys yeah. stand between the the benches in, in that area and, and commentate. There's only so many of those jobs. Very. What else are you going to do? Very, right? very enlightening. This this is so great. Okay, so back back to the uh, the scouting, and and you're saying you know you love you love scouting the SJHL, and and there's nothing wrong with the SJ and the MJ and all that. T- just take us through quickly. You know, you say you watch a lot of tape. H- how does the scouting work for a coach that's basically playing every weekend and practicing every day? You know, it's got to be it's got to be a lot of hours. Yeah, well, I remember when I was at Duluth, I was on the road 160 days a year plus coaching our own team. Wow. Like, I, I never got to see my, my my own son play. And now that's when you're only allowed two assistants. Now we're allowed three assistant coaches, paid assistants. Where my job now uh, at, at, at the school here is I don't have to go on the road very much. My boss wants me at practice every day on the bench with our guys. We have a couple younger guys that uh, are finding their way as, as coaches that do a really good job for us on the road and they're gone all the time they take turns so if we're on the road they're on the road and and on the you know what i mean when, like on the road like like is it uh if, if you had to maybe ratio it out like the ushl to the you know maybe north american league to the bc to to what like how would you how would you ration it yeah. rational it out if you could well we, we we're on the phone all the time and we're on the phone with advisors all the time mm-hmm and if someone calls and says, hey, you got to get out to see this kid, first I'll start with video. And through inset, I can watch every ship the kid plays in the last 20 games. Yeah. Right? Just to see if he has what we feel it takes to play in our program. And then, obviously, I'll do my homework. I'll call the head coach. I'll often call the school that they go to to see what kind of person they are. The worst thing it is is that you, you can't get a kid to move away from home that turns out to be a jerk. Because <laughs> it, it brings down your whole team. Mm-hmm. You can't trade them once you got them. And there are rules on cutting players in college, you know. So you better be real sure on, on what you get. Um, I don't put a percentage on. I don't care where kids play, and I'm a big I'm a big fan of kids need to be comfortable to be great. Mm-hmm. And moving around to the the next best team, and you know, you see it midget hockey out here a, a lot. It's, it's crazy where you know, a kid will come to a tryout camp. They'll have Detroit honey baked uh, pants on, and they'll have little Caesars gloves, and, you know, a different team's helmet because he's been on three different teams in three years. 
you know, trying to find who's the best coach. I want my, my line mates to be like, just go play hockey. Yeah, that is play. so good. You know, and, it, it, and it's such a money thing. And it's hockey's become such a sport where not everyone can afford to play. Mm-hmm. That's, that's tough. Mm-hmm. And, because I know just like in, 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 in Saskatchewan, there's a lot of guys that could be pro golfers if they lived, lived in Florida. Yeah. And there's a lot of pro hockey players out of Florida that had more ranks. Hey, that, you, you know what I mean, and it's just what you have in front of you. When when price comes into it, yeah. it affects a lot of people. Great, great point. All right, quickly, my last question: Where is maybe the in all your years of coaching college hockey, where was maybe the the craziest diamond in the rough that you found that you watched and then you ended up uh, committing to? Oh, that's a tough one. I've been, I've been around for so long. Um, there, there's one player that is a, is close to my heart, and and he's a young man that uh, he's from North Battleford. Um, we went and picked him up, and you know he only had 20 goals in, in the SJ. He's a 19 year old, and I'm just like he's six three. He skates really well, and he competes. And we need that kind of player. His name is Blake Young, and he came in and he struggled to start. It's, it's a huge jump. And we just stuck with him. And, and by his second and third year, he was on our, our fourth and third line and just, just a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Ended up being one of our top penalty killers. Very important on a, on a college hockey team where you can rest your power play guys because you got other guys that can kill. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he ended up taking, he was, a, he was a winger, but he ended up taking our last face off of the year in a national championship game. Up two to one against, I do believe it was Notre Dame, uh, and, and at the Excel Center, and he lost the draw and went out and blocked the shot. Game was over. We win the championship. But he he called. He literally called off a centerman to take the draw. We're on the bench going, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> he, was, he wanted to be. He wanted to. He, he wouldn't lose that game. That is- and you know what? He's not a pro hockey player. But he did play pro. He went out, I think, he's uh, got some French-Canadian in him, and him and his girlfriend went to France to play for three years. I think he just retired. So this is several years ago. But he went and had a, a pro experience. He used hockey to go to France and play, expand on his, his, his French language. Him and his girlfriend went over and had a great time, got his degree. And I think he's like he's like the young son. So he wasn't the best player on his team. He was something that we needed. Yeah. And he grasped his opportunity and was fantastic. That is such an awesome story. Jason Herter from uh, Western Michigan University. This was great. Very enlightening. And I, and I know you uh, you come up here in the summer and we're going to catch up again. Totally appreciate you hopping on the sports cage today. Anytime. Right on. Thank you very much. All right, your sports ticker. It's 5.33 as we get set for a big night in the National Hockey League tonight. The sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Let's start in Boston. The Calgary Flames in Beantown tonight. The Dallas Stars in Buffalo. Vancouver at Carolina. The Florida Panthers at home to Philly. The Winnipeg Jets on the road in Pittsburgh. Montreal in the nation's capital to meet the Washington Capitals. Colorado at New Jersey. And the big one at Vegas tonight at T-Mobile Arena. The Vegas Golden Knights take on the Edmonton Oilers as the Edmonton Oilers continue their chase for history. Springfield Jurison 
Lewis and Goldsmith, those guys will play hard throughout a whole football game. They're bringing a couple extra people, like a Glenn Suter in there, to fill those extra lanes, not allow him anywhere. He can't see over that line. What a catch. Just magic. He makes the contested catch 90% of the time. Not a big guy, but man, does he play big. You're listening to The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Time now for press coverage as Riders Plaza of Honor Safety and Hall of Fame broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the three-down game we love. Yes, welcome back inside the Sports Cage. And we are joined by Glenn Suter. And the segment is always brought to you by Quality Tire. Nine locations across Saskatchewan. QualityTire.ca. Glenn, it's Super Bowl week, but it's also a week where we're talking a lot of CFL football. Let's start uh, with this one. AJ Ouellette. Allegedly coming over to the green and whites. A lot of people texting in today on the Capital Ford text line. Surprised of that one. What do you think on that? Why are they surprised? That it surprises me. They're surprised. <laughs> well, because they're Saskatchewan um, uh, football fans. You know that. There's always something to say. Oh, Can never just clap and be I, like, "Oh, that was good." Yeah, I got you. I got you. No, you know what? The uh, I'm not surprised. Um, and uh, you know, I've I've said for years that you can sell the the rabid fan base in Saskatchewan. You you can sell the unique experience that it is, and and it adds some pressure. Don't don't get me wrong, but the unique experience that is is playing in Saskatchewan, have those fans, no matter where you are, on or off the field. Uh, want to talk football all the time. And, you know, that's that's a real selling point. You know, guys that are playing at this level, they want to be immersed in the environment of football. And so I, I've always said that no matter where the record landed for Saskatchewan and the Rough Riders in the previous year, that whomever the coach is could step in and sell Rider Pride, playing in a beautiful stadium that is almost always full and you're, you're going to have a great experience. And so that's why I'm not surprised. Hey, Glenn, so looking at uh, you know the list of players here, Toronto Argonauts, A.J. Ouellette. Uh, other one is Javon Leak comes to mind, Jamal Peters, uh, Darius Pickett. Are you surprised at all that uh, you know all these guys aren't kind of staying put with Toronto, kind of like what we've seen with Winnipeg in the past prior years here, keeping the band together, if you will? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess you, you know, Dalton Schoen's back. I mean, they, uh, um, Olivera's back yeah. in Winnipeg. So yeah, I, I think we, you know, we've seen that with the Bombers, and uh, I, I think there's certainly a level of that with Toronto and and Dinwiddie there, Coach Dinwiddie. So, um, you know, I guess every player is unique, Zinger, and every yeah. player has sort of their top end boundary financially. So if you know, if if it can be an extra twenty or thirty grand or forty grand, then they might say, "Yeah, it's enough for me to make the move." Mm-hmm. And you know, we've seen in the past players regret that after they leave one scenario where they were, you know, playing well in starters and and in playoff games, and all of a sudden they go for some extra dollars and realize the grass isn't always greener, so to speak. Um, but there are some really interesting, you know, like I looked at the numbers and I did the spent the weekend looking at all the free agents and things. And I'll tell you what, guys, like 
We, we really got to move away from these one-year deals because having 30 free agents per team, basically, is just crazy. I, I don't know how any of these players feel like it's an advantage when, you know, you could you can look at the list of just receivers, for instance, and I, I could name 15 top guys. So how are you going to get a whole bunch more money when there's 15 top guys to, to decide upon? Hey, Glenn. Uh, Kyle McIntyre from the SJHL. Uh, how are you doing today? <clears throat> I'm good, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing just great. Uh, is it too early to uh, take out your crystal ball and to make a prediction about who might be the team to beat in the CFL? Yeah, it's, it's a little early for that in, in that because there's so many free agents and there's, so, there's going to be so much movement in a week, um, that I, the, I'd like to see the, the rosters and, and also include the Canadian draft in there and, and take a look at the rosters once all that dust settles. And then once you look at that and then you start with the quarterback position and it trickles down from there, you can start to sort of rank them and figure out who you believe may be at the top. I'm not a real predictions guy, but you know I, I think you, you can make an educated, uh, not guess, but an educated opinion on on who you like coming out of the off season, basically once that does settle. Hey, Glenn, is there one player that really shoots off the page as far as you know being surprising uh, when, when the news came out as far as like a new team goes? Uh, no, I'll, I won't be surprised because there's so many. You know, I, I think it was interesting that Ottawa traded for the rights to talk to Drew Brown before anybody else could get to him. That's that's interesting to make that bold move to do it. You have to give up something to do that, and it might not work out contractually, so you might get nothing out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there's some. I, you know, there's players like guys like Kai Loxley, and you know, I I start to think in the off season my. My mind, my my sort of OC mind starts to go nuts here, and I start to think about if you had a Kai Loxley on your team who may become a free agent here in a week. He's just such a great athlete, can throw and run. I remember a huge play he had on a hit screen in in Ottawa for Hamilton, and he yeah. took it like eighty yards or something. Um, you know, I, I you can play two quarterbacks now, and I and I think OCs. I hope that their OCs are looking in the off season and thinking outside the box and trying to bring in more wildcat. Looks like Standback is going to possibly be a BC line, or maybe already signed, and Olette possibly in Saskatchewan. So see some different running backs. So you go wildcat formation. You can play two quarterbacks at once, and both could throw it at at the on the same play. So. Matthew Schultz is out there. That's another quarterback that's interesting. Um, but I don't know if I've answered your question, Sean, but I, I do know that, you know, I, I'm not really shocked yeah. with these one-year contracts of anyone becoming free agent, anyone moving teams. There's, there's a lot that we're going to talk about in the next sort of four or five days. $230,000 in Hard cash for an offensive lineman. I I, I love it, but uh, I got to say, there's a lot of people out there wondering, that's a lot of money to put into a offensive lineman. And, you know, the Riders got their guy yesterday to, to help protect at the quarterback position in uh, Hardrick. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think he's still got a lot of game left in him and it's been one of the best, if not the best, 
in the league for years. So, I, you know, I, I think sometimes you do have to pay. I mean, it, it has to work with the bigger picture as well. I'm sure they've gone through all those numbers. And with free agents, free agency coming up, um, you know, and the, and the actual, I know we're in the window of talking to players and things, and you get a better idea of, of where everyone else is going to sit. Even some of the guys that you're signing yourself, I think, from your own team, you get a better gauge on what the numbers overall might look like. So, you know, I, I think he's this – is, this, is, this has got to be a priority for Saskatchewan. I mean, it's, it's time that by Labor Day – we in the booth or in the radio booth or reporters say the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have the best offensive line in the league. Why not that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the report is $120,000 signing bonus. I got to ask you, what was your highest ever signing bonus? <laughs> <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was an attaboy, and thanks for joining us. <laughs> it's like the old Youngblood no. hockey show where it's like, you know what, Gordy, how signing bonus was? A jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Some some free swag from the from the gift shop. No, um, it, it, hey, I, I think I saved that first ever check, and it might have been, and this would be back in, what would be back in 82? Or no, eighty four. I should say eighty four. Listen, look at me, forgetting what my first year was. Eighty eighty four. I think um, I saved that check because I thought maybe it would be my only one in pro football, and I think it was forty two hundred bucks for a signing mm-hmm. bonus as a rookie draft pick. So um, oh. th- at that time, I felt like I had all the money on the planet. <laughs> I'm going to tint the windows in this Trans Am. <laughs> exactly. 280Z is what I had. And I, and I bought it and I bought it before I had any of the money. <laughs> hey, Glenn, uh, last CFL question uh, from me uh, for today. We talk about these one-year contracts and stuff. What can the front offices do in the Canadian Football League? What can the commissioners do? Uh, to really, you know, amp up this thing so it's at least a two-year deal. Is there anything, you know, that can be implemented for that to happen? It's above my pay grade, so I ask uh, someone who's maybe more knowledgeable. Yeah. yeah, I hear you, Sean. It's a great question, and and it's it's um, one that I'd have to do some yeah. dig, uh, some digging in because because here's the thing: it's it there's some sort of unwritten rules like these these bonuses for players that happen in the off season. And, you know, those are a good idea for players in a lot of ways because it, it makes the team declare as to the value of that player coming back the next year. Like, do you want me or not? And and by paying that off-season bonus, you are telling me that you want me. So that's, you know, I think a good thing for the players. I don't know if it's a written rule in anywhere, but, you know, I, I think the, the commitment from the teams and then honoring off-season stuff, and and not the call in the off season to say, hey, we need to rejig your deal or we need to rewrite it because we want to bring in X Y Z. They they got to become more consistent. And again, I I don't know if there's written rules here, but if it's just sort of the way it's run, just just be good to the players. Make sure they're taken care of in the off season. If you got bonuses. And then present good opportunities for two and an option. That was the minimum back not that long ago, guys, before these one-year deals. Most guys were going two and an option. 
What do you think about this Sunday's game in Las Vegas? Let's let's hear it. Who do you like? Well, I, I like Kansas City, but um, you know, I, I heard you guys earlier. I, I always listen when I'm coming on. Sometimes when I'm not, too, just to listen to well, great well, stuff. Why yeah. wouldn't it, guys? Great and, program. Uh, <laughs> exactly. While well, you're doing your chores and things, but. I, I was listening to you ask about if you're San Francisco defensively, how do you game plan against Patrick Mahomes was the question. I think it was with the rash and you guys discussed that. I think it was, yeah. it was a great discussion. And, and I, I've got a twofold approach if I'm San Francisco. It, you got to take away Patrick Mahomes two strengths. One is his ability to create when he's throwing off time or off his launch point. He, so what, what that means is controlled pass rush, probably sending one extra. But the extra one, you, you can't get too crazy yep. with two extra or, or full blitz or else you're left in one-on-ones, and that's where Travis Kelsey, who is Patrick Mahomes' security blanket, especially on third down and passing downs, it's, it's Travis Kelsey. So here's, here's the two-pronged game plan for San Francisco if they want to win this Super Bowl. Controlled rush on Patrick Mahomes and don't let him escape. Make him throw from deep in the pocket. It's okay if he throws, but make him throw from deep in the pocket. And on all passing downs, take away Travis Kelsey. Double team him. Take away the security blanket. Make him throw those 15-yard digs over the middle to a wide receiver. Make him be accurate on some of those tougher throws like a corner route to a wideout. Yeah. Not these curls at 15 up for, to Travis Kelsey. There's your two-pronged game plan for San Francisco. They win the Super Bowl if they control the pocket and double team Kelsey. And then my last question, I think our last question for the day, you're, you're going to be watching the game and all that. Who is your favorite color guy, football-wise? Uh, I, I still like Troy Aikman, but I'm, I'm really liking um, – what's his first name? Olsen. Um, Greg. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm really liking his, his uh, color. Uh, you know, I – I know there was a lot of talk about Tony Romo, and I think he's calling the Super Bowl as a color analyst. Um, you know, and they're fine. Everyone has a different style, and I think it's very subjective what we do for a living. Oh, so yeah. you may hate me or love me. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the approach. Um, but, you know, I know there's a lot of fans of his when he predicts plays. Uh, sometimes I'm not sure how accurate he is on those predictions, um, but I'm a fan of sort of the old style Buck and Aikman, and I, I know Zinger is not an Aikman fan, um, <laughs> but I'm liking Olsen. I like I'm liking him coming along. He just did one of the playoff games. Which playoff game did he do? Oh, um, was it the NFC Baltimore? Championship? Baltimore. The, I think it was the, the NFC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Niners it was the NFC. Lions. Yep. Okay. Well, that. Yeah. Uh, that's great. We'll let you get back to those chores, and you can uh, tune into the to the last few minutes. Thanks so much uh, for your time today, Glenn. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Yeah, it's Glenn Suter. Suits always brought to you by our friends at Quality Tire locations across Saskatchewan. When we come back, Kyle McIntyre still here. Zinger and I, we're going to tee up the night for you in local hockey, hockey around the province. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on the home of sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM.
inside the cage. A few more minutes here. Tuesday's show always brought to you by Saskatchewan Lottery. Kyle McIntyre, Zinger, and Barney Schinker. Care. All right, boys. So we've we we kind of are split on this. Zinger, you think that the Edmonton Oilers extend the streak tonight? No, I think it's oh, snapped. You, you think it's snapped? Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think it's uh, dependent on who the Knights start in the net. See, I I, I think the Oilers. The layoff, man. The layoff. The days without playing. I think that's, that's just going to... The, the mojo is going to be snapped. That's going to be good for Zach Hyman. That's going to be good for Ryan Nugent. It's going to be good for Corey Perry. I, I'm not an Oilers ga- guy by any means, but I think the Oilers tie the record tonight with 17 wins. All right, we got a Regina Pats in Medicine Hat tonight. Seven points back. 19 games remaining. Points are so crucial for the Regina Pats. 7.30 pregame show. Yeah, note that start time. It's in Alberta, so it's uh, 7.30 p.m. pregame. Usually at 6.30, of course, in yes. town here. Edmonton is in Moose Jaw tonight. 7 p.m. puck drop. Lethbridge up in Saskatoon. And in Swifty, we were joined by Ryan Schweitzer talking Broncos earlier. The Red Deer Rebels, a possible first-round playoff matchup there in Swift. SJHL, do you know the games tonight off the top of your head, Kyle McIntyre? Well, off the top of my head, uh, North Battleford is uh, hosting Yorkton. Uh, I believe that uh, Weyburn is hosting Melfort. And the last game is Flin Flon travels to... Pierogi, Pierogiville. Oh, okay. Melville. Melville. And that'll be, that'll be the game of the night. Well, what will it? Yeah. Uh, Melville really takes away a lot of time and space. They really uh, play flim-flon well. They're really defensive teams. They play defensive. They play hard. They take away time and space, and then they jump on miscues. And so flim-flon uh, can be guilty of playing a little bit of run and gun. Yeah. They got a lot of offensive talent, and Melville has some quick guys that will jump on those pucks. I, have, I haven't been to a game in that uh, new Melville. It's not. It's still fairly new Melville Arena, but I just love going there when Romans played in, in Yorkton and in the Melville area, right? Because you get to there's so many Ukrainians, and I just love it. And you start talking about Daibozha and all that. I just love that area being being from up north. Never really spent a lot of time there. Junior B action tonight at the Al Ritchie. What was the one thing you learned about Al Ritchie today, Zinger? He was in charge of both the Pats and the Riders. Not many people could do that and wear the top hat like he did. Wow, sounds like Jerry James back when he played both CFL and NHL and then uh, ran the Yorkton Terriers for years. There we go. Look at this educational Uh program we run here. Al Ritchie, 745 puck drop. The Regina Silver Foxes take on the Extreme Hockey Capitals. Um, it was a great show. Like we we talked uh, that Jason Herder interview, NCAA hockey, and just learning about. I learned about the uh, name, image, likeness, uh, the transfer portal, how it's for everything. The one comment in that interview that he talked about that hit home. It's like, yeah, kids can. Uh, the coach looks at you the wrong way. Well, I'm going to transfer. Isn't that? Doesn't that symbolize where we are in culture right now? Oh, it's a game changer, this whole uh, name, image, and likeness. Uh, It's not just hockey. Hockey is a super small sliver of it. It's really all sports, volleyball, basketball, football, and the millions and millions of dollars involved. None of these athletes, student athletes, are they're millionaires. They're not student athletes yeah. anymore. They're not they're not poor uh, dorm kids living in a frat house. These kids are making big dollars. And that transfer portal now, these kids are moving from, well, what can you do for 
for me now. Like yeah. they're they're moving from school to school. It's it's really it's worse than the CFL free agency. In fact, those kids playing the NCAA are way, making way more than any CFLer. It's it's you think about and you you know we talk about other sports like some of those universities that are huge lacrosse universities. What they're getting there's the hockey, there's the swimming universities, there's the volleyball, the basketball. It it goes on and on. So. Again, download the podcast later. It was a great interview. A lot to learn there. Also about the CHL players possibly playing NCAA hockey. And then you heard, this is the other thing. It's not just CHL players, but what could happen is anyone that's played pro can come back. Yeah, it'd be similar to U Sport. Like sometimes uh, some players in U Sport will play in the American League. Maybe their contract expires after a couple of years. They'll come back and they'll redshirt and then they'll play U Sport hockey. Well, the same thing could happen in NCAA in hockey. It could be the KHL, it could be the SHL. And so it's it's really uh, groundbreaking. I think we're a few years away from that, guys. But but when it happens, it's going to turn the sports world on its ear. We talk senior hockey. We talk First Nations hockey with the managers of the Round Lake Bears playing from the Ochapways First Nation. They are taking on Milestone Game 1 of Provincial A Hockey this Saturday. That was a cool interview to find out how this team, without a league, they want to be in a league, they can't have a league, how they're going at it for Provincial Hockey this year. Arash Madani joined us from Las Vegas. He was in the back of a rental car. We talked uh, Vegas, the Super Bowl, betting, all that. Be- Speaking of betting, Ben Whiting from playnow.com. We went through some of the novelty bets. Crazy what you can bet on this year for the Super Bowl. Glenn Suter, you just heard all the CFL talk. The Riders allegedly coming to terms or with A.J. Ouellette coming over. Also, Jalen Edwards Cooper, defensive back, supposedly signing with the Riders. It was a jam-packed show, boys. And now, it was fun, baby. It was yeah, fun. It was a, how'd you like it? Well, it was great. I didn't really get uh, much of an opportunity to tell stories with Barney and Ryan Schweitzer, but it was a great opportunity. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. You can you can always come back. Kyle McIntyre, Zinger, thanks so much. That is the Sports Cage for this Tuesday. We'll see you when we see you. Today's Sports Cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.